What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita. We're live right now on Facebook and Twitter. We're going to talk some trade deadline stuff today with the MLB trade deadline quickly approaching. Today is Thursday, July 27th, 2023. The trade deadline will be early next week. So today we're going to discuss a little bit of what's happened so far and what we might see in the coming days and maybe a little more baseball along the way. Uh, we have a phenomenal person joining us today, the top newsbreaker in the game, the Bob father himself, Mr. Bob Nightingale from USA Today. Bob, great to have you here. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, Jack. You like that, the Bob father? Anyone call you that? I like that. I like that. No, that's a good one. That's new. That's new. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the he's one of the big names in this game, and he's got a lot of ins and information. And one of the places I know that he's been really at the forefront of reporting and breaking stuff before it happens or talking about things that could happen is with the Chicago White Sox. And I know he was just on a Chicago White Sox podcast. So um, he, a lot of this stuff is fresh for him. We had a big trade last night, Bob. It was right before I went to sleep. The Chicago White Sox parted ways with Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez. They got a handful of, they got five players in return, most notably the Los Angeles Angels, number two and number three prospects. There's a lot to be discussed here, both from the Angels side and the White Sox side. Before we do the White Sox, Let's talk about the Angels. Obviously, this is very significant because this is a big indicator of what the Angels are going to be doing here in the second half. The Angels are going for it. They are not trading Otani. No, they were never trading Otani. And that's what was, it was driving the Angels crazy. I saw uh, Artie Marino in Cooperstown. And he goes, how come people aren't talking about Yankees trading Aaron Judge? It's, it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they, they were never trading Joey Otani. So, uh, yeah, I mean... And then they kind of, you know, double down by saying, you know, we're not only uh, letting everybody know that Otani is not going anywhere. So quit calling us uh, that we, you know, we, you know, get a starter and they uh, get get a reliever. So, uh, so you know, Lucas Giolito should help them, uh, you know, and they uh, got some bullpen help as well. You know, cost them their second, third prospects, but not, not like the uh, Angels have a deep farm system. Yeah. Uh, they don't need a catcher and the catcher is considered. You know, he might be more of a strong backup catcher in the big leagues. You know, maybe a, uh, a starting catcher, but not a you know not an all-star caliber by any means. And the uh, the pitcher, but you know, back end of the rotation type guy. So you know, to, to try to go for it, you know, you move those guys. Yeah, I'm glad you said that that they were never trading Otani because I've been saying the same thing. I know you've been saying the same thing. Obviously. We both have people that we talk to with the Angels, and there was this was never on the table in any way. I mean, I think the only way that this could have ever happened is if the Angels were so disastrously terrible, and Otani flat out said, I'm not coming back. But to my knowledge, it does not appear that he's given any indication that he would not be open to returning to the club. It sounds like he's willing to talk. It sounds like he's willing to play ball. And who knows? That might be the place that he wants to stay in. So if you want to keep this player that's a generational player that we're talking about already as perhaps the greatest player of all time or one of the greatest players of all time, then you cannot trade him in the middle of the season, especially when the Angels are only four games out of a playoff spot. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Jack. I mean, the only way they would trade him if he had come in there and demanded a trade. 
you know, everybody yeah. knows that Joey Otani knew that wasn't going to happen. No. So, yeah, I mean, and, you know, they want to re-sign him. Uh, you know, if you trade him, you have zero chance of re-signing him. Now they got a shot. They got a better chance than people think. If they make the playoffs, they might have as good a chance as anybody. I mean, he just wants to be on a, a team that's competitive uh, to make the playoffs. I remember after the All-Star game, you know, he uh, the fans were serenading him, and, you know, he said nice things about Seattle. And so everybody got hyped up. They're like, oh, the Shoei Otani now want to go to Seattle? I said, look, you know, the Mariners have only won the, made the playoffs once in 21 years. If he wants that, he might as well stay in Anaheim. <laughs> so he just wants right. to win. And the best chance of uh, best chance of keeping them is, you know, they make the playoffs, at least make a strong run. So he has fun again. You know, it's funny you mentioned the Yankees because I was seeing so much from New York um, press and fans, especially on Twitter, saying that the Yankees need to trade for Otani. Well, the Yankees couldn't even beat Otani last week. They got swept by the Angels. So, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we must have come out and said that the Angels need Aaron Judge. Yeah. <laughs> same, same thing. <laughs> go, go that route. <laughs> Angels have a better run differential than the Yankees, by the way. And speaking of talking about the Angels' playoff chances, I know I've talked about this a little bit on my show and also in some of my columns with Inside the Phillies with my MLB Power Rankings with Sports Illustrated. Um I really do think that this Angels team is significantly better than the teams that we've seen in the last few years. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I think they're, uh, as we speak, they're 18 games uh, better than a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just a, a deeper, more rounded team. I mean, look at that team compared to the uh, San Diego Potters. Hey, they don't have nearly the star power, but they're a deeper team. They can withstand injuries, and they got a uh, guys about bottom of the order. You know that can uh, that can produce, and that's what's you know that's what's killed the Padres. It just the way they're constructed has been you know has been terrible. And that's why the uh, you know the Angels have a much better record. Yeah, and take a look if you go back to 2021. You take a look at the names in that lineup compared to what the names are in the lineup now. I mean, I really think Perry Manassian has done a really good job of bringing in some young talent. He traded for Logan Ohapi. He traded for Mickey Moniak. And even though Ohapi has not gotten to play much this year, the type of talent that we're talking about with him is a Buster Posey, JT Real Muto type elite catcher for potentially a decade and they got him for Brandon Marsh they also got Mickey Moniak for Noah Syndergaard and Moniak is playing like a star he's playing like that number one overall pick that the Phillies made him back in 2016 so they're they've got some nice young pieces I like some of the guys they added I like Urshela was playing very well for them before he got hurt Brandon Drury was someone that was in the all-star conversation at second base, they got him and really didn't have to spend a whole lot of money. I think, like you said, Bob, I think there's a lot more depth in this lineup than we've seen in the past few years, where I think the last few years, it was really just Otani, Trout, and Rendon. And when Trout or Rendon or any of them really is hurt, that that really, really hurt them a lot. Um, and now they have a lot more depth. So if Rendon is going to miss time, like he is right now, it's not killing them the way it was a couple of years ago. No, it's not. And, uh, you know, do this with all the injuries they've had. They've been smacked around, particularly yeah. Trout. You know, Rent, you know, Don really has a play for them since he signed. Uh, but, yeah, they've been crushed with injuries to pitching staff and, uh, you know, losing their catcher. So, uh, no, it's a credit for uh, Perry Manasian. He's done a very good job. 
you know, it, I mean, it's too bad they, too bad they didn't, you know, stick out for Garrett Cole. When they lost Garrett Cole, they turned to Rendon. You know, $245 million would have bought you a whole lot of pitching. You know, and they wouldn't be in this predicament. Yeah, and the pitching has been really the greater need for them over the past several years. I mean, that's where I their lineup has been, like we said, I think this is a pretty good lineup uh, this year, uh, what we're looking at. It's a good lineup. Their bullpen has been very good, uh, with Carlos Estevez has been a lockdown closer out of nowhere, really. Um, and now they add Ronaldo Lopez to that bullpen. But the starting pitching has really been their weakness. The rotation is average to below average. So what do you think they're adding here? I know it's a rental with Giolito, but what are they getting here with Giolito? Good question, Jack. I'm not sure what they're getting. Uh, I mean, he'll give you innings. He's never been really in a, you know, he's never pitched under that pressure. Uh, so the jury's on that. Some teams stayed away thinking, can he handle it? Uh, it was a knock on him in Washington. Charlie's got a lot of talent, a role of talent. He's coming back home, so we'll see how he handles it. Uh, but yeah, I don't think you know. I don't think anybody should say, "Okay, here's a number two starter behind Otani." I know he slid that way. You know, we'll see how he performs. But I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, how he does too. Yeah, I think you're looking at a number three, number four type guy. Maybe number three seems like where he fits in. Uh, but I will say. If there was a spot for him that could be a good change of scenery for him is returning back home to Los Angeles, being in Southern California, could be a nice change of pace, change of scenery, uh, similar to how I think Moniac coming back to from the East Coast, coming back home to Southern California seems to be, have been something that was a positive for him as well. Yeah, sometimes guys just need a change of scenery. Like I think all the White Sox guys will do better just being away from you know Chicago. Just because it's been a uh, you know bad clubhouse culture there for years, uh, you know players haven't performed well for four straight managers now. So no, I so I think a guy like Lance Lynn will be much better. Uh, if Aaron Bummer's credit, I'm not sure he will. He'll be much better. So yeah, I think we'll see a lot of improvements by uh, by, by White Sox guys that leave. So uh, we'll get to the White Sox in a second. One last thing on the Angels, Bob. Do you think there are, are two things, real quick? One, do you think there are more moves coming before the deadline for this club? I don't think so. Uh, it could be maybe a minor move, you know, getting uh, Ken Lario from uh, Washington, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So maybe some minor moves, nothing, nothing major. Uh, they've crossed it, you know, tax threshold. I guess you can see if you're going to cross it, might as well cross it big. Uh, but we'll see. But I, I, don't, I don't see a. Uh, you know, a lot in store store for them. Like I said, just you know, minor improvements, but not 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 big name. And then coming back to Otani, one thing again, I get how it goes. I know people get paid by page clicks, and radio hosts get paid by reactions. So I think a lot of this is drumming up talk and getting clicks and attention. But I feel like I've heard a lot from. Again, outside sources, not the people that have been in the locker room like you have, uh, that are saying it's a foregone conclusion. Otani's leaving for sure. He's not coming back to the Angels. I don't believe that at all. I think that there's a good chance he comes back. What do you think that the free agent market is really going to look for? How many teams realistically do you think are going to be in play for his services? Probably three or four. 
you know, not many. I mean, when you get the high price tag, there's never, you know, many teams involved. I mean, obviously you got the Angels, you got the Dodgers, uh, the Potteries always spin wildly, so I'll throw them in there. And San Francisco Giants, they probably need yeah. him more than anybody because they need to sell tickets. The attendance is down. The city hasn't been the same since the pandemic. So I'll go I'll go with those four teams. Only West Coast teams, right? Yeah, he's not interested in New York or, or anything else. Uh, you know, he didn't have the Cubs on his original list. Obviously, he didn't sign there. He had Texas on the original list. didn't sign there. But he likes it, you know, he likes the lifestyle. Uh, he doesn't go out, just eats and sleeps, you know, baseball. You know, recently, about a month ago, I think the Angels were in New York. So all the New York writers asked Otani, hey, what do you think about New York City? He goes, I don't know. He goes, I went uh, to the stand on the team bus, went home, uh, you know, on the team bus. I never <laughs> went out in the city at all. And that's him. He just likes to, you know, uh, focus everything on baseball, eats, sleeps in his, you know, condo, and that's yeah. it. And it's a lot closer to back home in Japan. It also allows the fans, it's easier for the fans to watch the games because they start three hours later. So if he's playing on the East Coast, the games are going to start around 8 a.m. for the fans in Japan. But if he's playing on the West Coast, then they're starting at 11 a.m. on the West Coast. I think that's important to him. Yeah, I mean, he wants uh, people to be able to see his games, absolutely. And also for uh, fans of Japan to be able to fly in. Um, yeah. You're talking about uh, if you go to a place like New York, you had five hours to that flight. Uh, like you said, and you know, who wants to watch games at you know two o'clock or three in the three o'clock in the morning? Yeah, and then on the topic of the uh, with Otani, those four teams you mentioned, I think me just kind of critically thinking, not with I haven't talked to these teams at all, but at some point you just have to wonder with San Diego losing a lot of money. How much more are they going to be able to spend? I don't know if that's going to stop them. Um, and then the Giants, the other question I would have with them is they have not been able to land. And they they got Correa, but that didn't end up going through. Last big-time free agent they signed was Johnny Cueto in 2016. That was a little while ago. So they haven't been able to land the Harpers or the Judges or the Trey Turners of the sport. So I just I wonder if either of those teams are going to have an edge. I, I think I just personally I think he's probably going to end up in either L.A. or L.A. <laughs> yeah, could I? I don't dismiss San Francisco in the sense that uh, hey, if you're pitching National League West, that's where you want to be. All the Cy Young winners come from there. It's yeah, the best pitching true. division in baseball. Great ballpark to pitch in. Uh, obviously, you know, good size Asian community up there. And I, I used to think they'll offer the most because, let's be honest, I mean, the uh, the Dodgers sell out every game. The Padres sell out every game. Uh, you know, Angels draw well. But nobody can make more money off Otani than, than the Giants can. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think the Dodgers, you know, the, they, they tell me they'd be buying the brand. You know, all of a sudden, everybody in Japan yeah. will be Dodger fans. Uh, Angels know what kind of revenue he brings. Uh, yeah, player-wise and revenue-wise, probably the Padres are making out the least. In the in speaking of uh, the Dodgers and what's in oh Baba your uh, black screen again can't see you oh there you're back oh okay okay <laughs> um yeah just I'm just it'll be really interesting to see how this thing goes because uh, it does seem like I would I would think that the Angels especially after they were able to first of all, sign Otani in the first place. They got him to come there in the first place, and they also were able to lock up Trout. 
I have to think that Moreno and that that organization is going to be willing to pony up the money. I, I'm not concerned about that. It'll just be it'll be interesting to see if he wants to stay there. But we haven't seen any indications. There haven't been any quotes from Otani about him not being happy there. To my knowledge, it seems like he's enjoyed playing there. Obviously, he's found a great amount of success. And then if they can, again, if they can make a little push here. I think they can sell them on a future where they do have some some nice young pieces and potentially they want to go out and maybe add a little more this offseason. No, absolutely. And the only quote he said is that I want to win. You know, losing yeah. sucks. That's it. Uh, you know, everybody else is you know playing guessing games and nobody knows Otani. So whoever, whoever says, you know what, Otani is thinking is lying because nobody knows what he's thinking. Uh, you know, we just know he's... Uh, you know, happy in uh, in in, uh, in a market, you know, like a uh, you know, in a market where nobody bothers him on the streets, where he can go out and uh, you know and talk to people and things like that. So uh, I I I think he stays. You know, I'm with either one of two LA teams. Yeah, and if it the the one last thing on the Angels, I think that the managerial change seems to be a net positive for the club too. It seems like there's a little more buy-in with Phil Nevin. What do you think? No, nice job. I mean, he would have been fired last year if the team wasn't for sale. Uh, they said, okay, who wants a one-year contract? You know, if it was, uh, the team wasn't for sale, you know, Bruce Bochy would be managing that team. So that was, that was their guy. Uh, it would have been Buck Showalter a couple of years ago. So uh, yeah, Nevin's done a nice job when they make the playoffs. I mean, Nevin will definitely be back. Why wasn't Buck managing instead of Joe Madden? What happened there? Uh, Artie Marino. Already, it was almost like a deal was already set up or something, but it was almost uh, Artie wanted Artie wanted Madden, who was a, more of a household name. Uh, he obviously came up the World Series in 2016 and everything else, so he just you know, went that route. So even though uh, Showalter was Billy Upper's choice, he got overruled. All right, so... On the White Sox side of things, I got to ask you, Bob, is this the start of like a big snowball that's going to roll and we're going to see a flurry of trades over the next few days with this club? No, I just don't know how people, <laughs> how players people want. They're not trading Dylan Cease. He's off limits. People have tried to no, quit, quit calling. We're not trading Dylan Cease. I'm not even sure, I'm not even sure if Aaron Bummer's available. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Lance Lynn obviously is. Nobody wants Grendel. Uh, you know, uh, Makati, you haven't heard a thing on. Uh, you know, nobody, obviously, they're not trained Luis Robert. So oh, that's a, you know, that's about it. I mean, it's going to be a, uh, you know, small things. We'll see about a, uh, you know, a Joe Kelly, a Middleton. But yeah, nothing, nothing no, big. No Tim Anderson, no Aloy Jimenez. No, I think if somebody made a nice offer for him and us, they didn't move him. Uh, Anderson, just you know, the way he's performed. You know, just you know, the value is just you know cratered. Uh, you know, even you know the Dodgers could use could use him more than anybody. And they just got two infielders instead and passed on them. Speaking of uh, value cratering for teams and players, uh, what's <laughs> what's the latest on Marcus Stroman and the Cubs? What do you think the Cubs are going to do here? I thought they were gonna, I thought a few days ago they were going to trade both uh, him and Bellinger. And they could sell their fans on, okay, we're going to try to sign as free agents, but let's get something back in return. So they could still do that. But I think they're a little, the fact the uh, NL Central is so weak, the fact they've been, you know, winning games, 
now I got to think that you're going to hang on to those guys and you know try to go for it. I don't think they want the fan backlash as far as yeah. just surrendering when the division is so weak and they have as good chances as anybody to, to win it. I don't think they will, but they still have a fighting chance. I think the Cubs are in a really tough spot here. I think they're stuck, and they're on the cusp of being stuck in this middle ground for the next several years because they really don't have – I mean, look, there are a few prospects, top 100 guys – but they're not that close to being big impact guys, and none of them are really dominating in their respective minor leagues. This isn't the Cubs of 2014 when you had all, you already had Rizzo up in the big leagues. You already had Soler and Baez getting a cup of coffee in the big leagues with Chris Bryant, Albert Almora, uh, Kyle Schwarber, that whole crew coming up, Addison Russell. This isn't that. Like This is a team... That is right now, I think, an average team at best. I know some people will point to the positive run differential. We'll see if that's indicative of things to come in the second half if they do flip a switch and improve. But, I mean, really, I just see a team right now that's pretty average, and I don't really see a path for them to get much better. And I think that they would be in a better spot in the long term if they sold Bellinger, if they sold Stroman, if they sold Jan Gomes and Hendricks, I think all four of those are really solid pieces that would be attractive pieces on the mar- on the open market right now. But like you said, Bob, I mean, they've won five straight games. I think they've won seven of eight. Uh, they're four and a half out of a wild card spot. I think their hands are tied. I think maybe they would like to cash in on some of those chips, but I don't really think they can, especially for that fear of the fan backlash. Yeah, just a backlash of, uh, you know, we get so upset if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, you know, and they, uh, you know, will there be a little, you know, people quit showing up at the ballpark, will attendance drop? I mean, Stroman's values dropped. What are you going to get from Marcus Stroman now? He makes a lot of money. So I'm not sure, you know, what you can return. Bellinger, if you did get a decent return, you know, not a great one. I mean, everybody could have had him in the offseason and, and passed. Uh, I also think there's zero chance that, they would resign him as a free agent. Uh, his agent Scott Boris. He's had a big year, so I would think there'd be a, a massive price tag on him over a hundred million dollars. So I think he's going to be sitting out till, till next February and signing a signing in uh, you know right around spring training sort of deal. So uh, yeah, and I think a lot of teams still have the juries out on Bellinger. I mean, Dodgers are smarter than everybody, uh, resources, money, and they gave up on him. And so I don't think I don't think they thought he was going to do what he's doing. But I'm not sure how many people think he's going to sustain this either. I think it's personally, I think it'd be difficult for the Cubs to give if they're get you know if we're talking like a five year, one hundred million dollar contract. Is that what you're thinking neighborhood wise for Bellinger? Four year, five oh, year, one hundred. Yeah, I bet they asked for more than that. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they asked for uh, at least one fifty. Okay, so that's a lot. And like you said, there is the potential for him to regress. This, you know, he's only had this is a great first half, and he does look very good. I think it's tough to make that move after you extended Ian Happ, and you already have uh, Seiya Suzuki. Also, those guys are under contract now through twenty twenty six. So you're locked into two outfield spots already. And what's supposed to be the strength of the farm system is their outfielders. So eventually, you're going to want to have those guys be able to play 
And that Ian Happ contract is already looking pretty bad right now. I know it's not a back-breaking amount of money, but this is a guy who's going to be owed $60 million over the next three years after this one. And really what you have in him is a 240 bat that doesn't slug, not a big extra base hit or home run guy, but draws a lot of walks. That's really the... And in, in the corner outfield, you typically want a bigger bat than that. So with the Hap contract, I feel like if they had held back and, and traded Hap, then maybe the Bellinger signing becomes more uh, likely. But I just it's, it's going to be difficult to have all three of those contracts. And, I mean, they're really not getting, I think, what they were hoping to out of Suzuki at this point either. No, I think Suzuki's been a disappointment. They won't come out and say it. I think they expected a, a lot more than this. So, yeah, we'll see. You know, the, you, know you draw walks are fine if you're going to steal second base and third base. If you're not stealing second or third, you know, the, the walks are useless. All you're doing is clogging the base pass. Right. And, I mean, with Hap, he's batting third. So it's not like you really want your number three guy looking for walks, aggressively looking for walks. You want <laughs> no, him to hit. No, right. If you're, your leadoff guy, you want him to hit. Uh, or the leadoff guy you want to get on base. But... Yeah. Um, all right. So we're we're both thinking the Cubs are really not going to be heavy sellers. Do you think they should sell, Bob? I mean, regardless of if fan reaction was not a factor here, do you think it would be a better long term move for them to sell? Oh, I do. I think it's uh, might even be disappointing the front office. They're winning games, making yeah. this a hard decision. Uh, no, I think they should sell, just because. Uh, yeah, I was talking to John Mozeliak of the Cardinals the other day. And obviously nobody wants to sell, but if you do, this is the year to do it. Uh, it's such a seller's market where you can get a whole lot more for your players than you should just because it's such a, uh, you know, the inventory is so small. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that the Cubs put themselves in this position had they not signed Tyone and Swanson. Uh, and I, I mean, like some of the smaller signings like Mancini, Bellinger, short-term contracts, that's, those are fine. But I think when you start, I mean, they spent $300 million on like five free agents last winter. So that elevated the expectations that put more pressure on performance right now. And it also made the team get into this middle ground where I personally think they'd be in a better spot if they were just losing le games left and right and able to be definitive sellers. Yeah, and uh, like I said, I mean, they didn't they get this out of Bellinger. Nobody did. <laughs> so, you know, you're going to sell high. Uh, you know, Stroman would have sold real high a month ago. You know, now right. you know now not so much. This is six straight, four starts. So I think people might be saying, wait a minute now. Uh, we're not going to give what we, what we wanted to a, uh, a month ago. So with those guys, let's say that the Cubs do not trade. They do not sell Bellinger or Stroman. Who do you think are going to be the best players that will be available, or at least might be available, with the deadline coming up in a few days? I think the Pottery guys. I think Blake Snell and Josh Hader. Uh, if they're trading, I, I hear that they will be, or if they're at least uh, they're, you're telling teams I'll listen. Yeah. So those those two be in top of the heat. Otherwise, uh, otherwise a big drop off. You know, you got a you know, Lorenzo Rodriguez from Detroit. You know, not household names. Uh, Jordan Hicks has drawn a ton of interest, but the Cubs. Uh, I mean, the Cardinals want to sign him. Uh, you know, also, you know, they got Jordan Montgomery. Uh, you know, top starter and Jack Flaherty uh, with the Cardinals. So Montgomery's drawn a lot of interest. 
But yeah, but as far as just, you know, more big names, household names, it's really just Snell and Hater. So no on Soto. They're hanging on to Soto. Yeah, hanging on to Soto. I know I, I would say him in a heartbeat, but I uh, have not heard that haven't heard of his name at all. What might the Mets do? Did the Mets sell like a Mark Kana or someone like that? Yeah, a Tommy Pham. And Tommy Pham draws a lot of interest in a Mark Kana, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, maybe David Robertson, uh, you know, the all-star closer. Not all-star this year, but, you know, all-star in the past. Uh, but not not uh, not, the two, not the two big boys, you know, not Scherzer, uh, you know, Verlander, you know, their stand put. But, yeah, I, I think Pham and Kana will definitely be gone. Another trade that we had yesterday, uh, really interesting move. I feel like we don't see this too often in baseball. Uh, we sometimes see it in other sports, like maybe in the NBA, was the Dodgers and the Guardians flipped expiring contracts, essentially. So Ahmed Rosario goes to the Dodgers. They've had, they could use a shortstop. And then uh, the Guardians add Syndergaard, and Syndergaard really has not pitched extremely well. But the Guardians could also use a little bit of pitching. And I think it's really interesting because both those guys were not performing the way that I think either team had hoped. Uh, so I think it's really a move where you're looking at Cleveland wants to get some of their young guys opportunities to play uh, in the middle infield. They have a lot of interesting young players and prospects. So it was essentially getting Rosario out of there. And then the Dodgers kind of doing the same thing with Syndergaard. Yeah, I mean, Syndergaard wasn't helping the Dodgers whatsoever. And they need pitching help. Uh, he didn't provide it, been injured most of the year. So, you know, he's been a uh, freeze and bust. Rosario, they need some offense. He wasn't providing that. He's been a bust. So it's almost all trade your bust for your bust yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> you know, they uh, made the you know they made the uh, money work. And, uh, you know, Cleveland's had some pitching injuries. They could use some, uh, got to eat up some innings. And certainly, you know, Dodgers never really found a shortstop. And you'll know, focus on defense, and you know Rosario is a solid defensive player. What teams do you expect to be the most aggressive in the next few days? I'll go with Texas Rangers and yeah. Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, you know, Rays have really had a free fall here. I mean, they're you know about three games under five hundred for the last two months. Uh, Texas spent all that money. Uh, they're you know they're going all in. And uh, I know they would love to get, uh, you know, Hicks from St. Louis or, you know, obviously Hater from, uh, you know, Hater from the Padres, that sort of thing. They could use another starter if they'd love to get Snell. So I think they'd be very aggressive. I think the AL is shaping up to be more of an arms race than the NL. Uh, because I think about those two teams you mentioned, I think the Twins could add. They're, they've been a team that has been pretty active over the last couple of years making some of these moves. Uh, Toronto has been a team that's pretty, been pretty active, and we all we all know that Jerry Depoto, he likes to make those big splashes and those big moves. And Seattle is only four and a half games out despite how maybe disappointing of a first half they've had. So I think we could see a pretty active, um, even though there isn't a whole lot out there, there could be a bit of an arms race between these teams in the American League. Yeah, there could be. I mean, especially, you know, the big boys in the AL East, uh, you know, for sure. Uh, you know, Seattle reminds you of the, of the Padres. They've had four months to figure it out. You know, they haven't, fig they haven't figured it out. <laughs> so I think they just kind of stay with what they have. You know, no, no, those reports are trying Logan Gilbert. They're not trying Logan no. Gilbert. They're not trying no, no that, young, that young pitching. So, uh, but yeah, I think 
they have a very disappointing season, but it's kind of forgot overlooked because of what's happened in San Diego, New York. And you mentioned the Cardinals. I mean, what kind of moves? Who's available in St. Louis, and who is not available? Well, the two uh, the two pitchers, Shield Flaherty and Montgomery. Uh, pretty much everybody in the bullpen, except for maybe not Hicks. You know, no way to see they can sign Hicks to extension. Uh, they can't sign an extension to move in a heartbeat. <clears throat> Otherwise, you know, uh, every, all those guys in the uh, the bullpen are available. Uh, you know, shortstop Paul DeYoung's available. Uh, you know, the two two big boys are not. They're not training uh, Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt. And then I guess before we get going for now, uh, just taking a look at the National League, it's a very odd uh, mix of teams. It's very that's where I think a team like the Cubs feels inspired to not sell because there there aren't too many threatening teams, and we have this extra wild card spot now. I mean, there are two teams in front of them before the playoffs, and you got the three wild card teams, three division leaders, but. I mean, I mean, what do we make of this National League? Because obviously, you spend a good amount of time around the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they looked fantastic up until about a month ago. And then this month of July, they've really, really tailed off. They're a team that could really use a couple of starting pitchers here at the deadline. Yeah, they could. Uh, uh, they've had a you know terrible July, but you know, it, it's teams like uh, you know the Orioles, Cincinnati, Arizona. When you've gone through a rebuild, you're not going to just tear apart your farm system yeah. and change your philosophy and say, oh, yeah. I'm all in now. You went through the pain for a reason. <clears throat> you want to sustain it. It's like, you know, the uh, Baltimore Orioles are carbon copy of what the Astros did. You don't only lose, you lose huge. You know, 108, 110, 115 games. And when the Astros finally came back, you know, they never made that big, big splash at the trade deadline. You know, I mean, even Verlander was a guy who went through waivers in August. Uh but yeah, just kind of hold on to what you have, and I think that's what these teams will do too. Yeah. Is you know hold on and uh, you know make you know make slight, slight improvements, make a move, but nothing that costs you a top five prospect. Another team that had a terrific first half and probably overachieved was the Miami Marlins. I think they were like fourteen or fifteen games over five hundred at the All Star break. Uh, they've been skidding quite a bit. They're now out of the playoffs. What do you make of the Marlins? Yeah, I'd like to see them turn back around. I think Skip Schumacher's done a tremendous job. Uh, you know, they had a nice winner. Uh, Alcantara finally had a you know good game the other day. Uh, you know, Jazz Chisholm's been a bust on that you know that that Gallon Chisholm trade. You always say uh, so lopsided in Dimex favor, but yeah, I, I think they'll hang around just because the National League National League is uh, is weak enough. And there's only one power in National League is it's Atlanta. Otherwise, uh, you know, big drop off and. A lot of a lot of teams with flaws, so yeah, uh, yeah. Well, even Atlanta, even Atlanta. I mean, last year we saw what happened with them in the playoffs, and they strike out a lot, which is sometimes a dangerous recipe for the playoffs. You no, know, true. I mean, the uh, uh, I mean, it's a very good offensive team. The only thing about Atlanta worries is they've been hit by uh, pitching injuries, yeah. and they've had a few stretches this year. You know, three games, four games, where they just haven't been the same. Hey, uh, Cincinnati Reds, a couple, couple more teams here we'll touch on. Uh, Cincinnati Reds report came out this week that they're open to moving Jonathan India. Do you see that move happening before the deadline, or is that something that maybe happens in the offseason? 
would probably make more sense off season. I think the fear with India, and they have a ton of middle infielders, so it, it makes sense uh, to move them. But you got to be careful. We saw what the disaster was when the Brewers created Hater because of what he meant in that clubhouse. Yeah. I think the same thing here with India. If you can move them, move them during the winter. Don't don't move them now. And then Philadelphia has been kind of all over the place this year. I mean, it really looked like a hangover season for the first month or two. I thought it would be a hangover season for them coming in. They had an amazing June. They've been kind of up and down since the All-Star break. Uh, are we seeing Dombrowski? I feel like Dombrowski always likes to go out and get a couple of pieces. You think You think Philly makes a move here? They'll definitely make a move. They'll have to get another... Uh... Another starter, another reliever, another bat, uh, another right-handed bat. So I think they'll definitely be very aggressive at the, at the deadline. They don't have a whole lot of prospects to trade, but I, I think they'll be a, uh, aggressive and, and try to go for this thing, you know, knowing that's, that thing is wide open. And they can still, you know, they can still lay, uh, go deep in October. Little, little over two months left in the season. Let me get your pick. Who wins the NL Central? Who wins the NL West? Uh, AL West, I'll go Houston Astros. I think oh, this Dusty Baker's NL. best job. Yeah, we could do AL too. I asked about the NL, but yeah, AL West, sure. Astros in the okay. AL West. Yeah, I go Astros. Uh, if I can get all the uh, other big guys back, uh, NL West, I think the Dodgers run away with it. I think they win the division by at least ten games. Wow. Uh, despite all their injuries. Now. Yeah. Yeah, and their teams are just you know, Diamondbacks are finally reality is hit. You know, Giants. Uh, you know, very. You know, up and down. Uh, so, and, you, know, I, you know, the Padres are done. And uh, and you saw oh, NL Central. Yeah, NL Central. Yeah, NL Central. I'll go Brewers. Uh, you know, you can get you can get Brandon Woodruff back here soon. Corbin Burns is pitching like a Cy Young winner once again. They just know how to win. You know, Christian Yelich has had a marvelous season. Uh, the Reds are just one year early. Uh, a year from now might be a different story, but yeah, one year too early. You think the Reds snag a wild card spot? I don't. I don't think they have enough pitching to, and I don't think they're going to do something stupid and just go for it. And uh, you know, kind of a, you know, showing all the uh, plans they had as far as dealing with prospects for uh, you know for some starter. They're going to have Hunter Green back, and uh, uh, Lodello is going to come back. So you do have some reinforcements along the way. And I think they'll make a move, but nothing big. I like what the Reds have this year. I think I really, I thought they were going to win the division until Milwaukee just sort of kicked the crap out of them over the last few weeks. And I think that's really why I would lean Milwaukee is in that. I mean, they're, they're, this is their last series of the year. I think they just, maybe they finished it or maybe they have a game today. Um, and Milwaukee's going to own that head to head. But not only are they going to own the head to head, but they, and, they instilled the, hey, we are the superior team. We are the team to beat. And I think that might shake them up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, uh, Milwaukee beat them, what, they beat them 9, 9, 11 times or something? Yeah. You know, 11 times. So, yeah, I mean, Milwaukee is certainly a better team. But just, I mean, the Reds, uh, I mean, they lost, uh, you know, 100, 100 games last year. They got to a poor start again. So they're surprised themselves. But, yeah, the pitching just, the pitching isn't there. You're, they're just one year early. Yeah. And they know it. And so, yeah, and you know, the thing is, too, are you really going to go all in just to get into the playoffs? And if you're, you know, one and done, you're not going to have any home field, you know, games. So why why bother? Yeah, and I mean, this Reds team is looking like a team that could 
own this division for the next few years with the, all the young talent like Baltimore. No, absolutely. They need a good team to beat uh, next few years. You're exactly right. That's why I think the Cubs should be doing the same thing because Cincinnati accelerated their rebuild by selling those guys and several of the high-impact players that they have right now, such as Jake Fraley, uh, Will Benson, there's another one. Those were guys that they got in trades. Uh, Spencer Steer. Those were all guys that they got in trades over the past year, which really accelerated that rebuild. And I think if you aren't going to sell like that, it's going to take longer for you to to really get that nice young core up to the majors. Yeah, on the flip end, look at the Twins the last year. They went for it, you know, got Tyler Maley from uh, Cincinnati. It cost them those prize guys, uh, you know, getting Castillo from Baltimore. I mean, it was a disastrous trade deadline for last year. It made sense what they did. They went for it. But prospects are prospects. You know, sometimes you, you, you never know. Yeah. Uh, they, they had no idea they were trading away studs like they did. Uh. And speaking of the uh, AL Central, who do you have winning that division? You know, I've been saying up until <laughs> a couple of days ago, you know, Cleveland Guardians, Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, I'll stick with so. the Guardians, but Minnesota's looking good. Uh, they're starting to put things together. So I don't think the Guardians have a chance. But yeah. God, it's hard not to like the Twins now. And I just got the other day, think the Twins are going to, you know, go to the World Series. I don't know about that, but they certainly have a nice young, nice young starting rotation. I will be at the Guardians White Sox game tonight in Chicago, and this could be. I mean, they, these this is kind of how this race might play out: is take turns ganging up on the bad teams. Uh, so Minnesota cleaned up on Oakland like a week ago, swept them. Cleveland's got to pick up all. I, you got to go for a sweep here against the White Sox, especially when there's this whole trade deadline lingering over them and, and they just traded Giolito. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, uh, you know, they're, they're down the dumps. I mean, they've been a bad team anyway. But, yeah, down the dumps and get them, you know, kick them when they're down. But yeah, take, you got to take advantage of that. Uh, you know, you gotta beat the you got to beat the bad teams who uh, who already kind of given up for the season. All right, Bob. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on today that you'd like to touch on? No, I think we're good. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, he's Bob Nightingale. It's uh, at B Nightingale on Twitter, right? Yep, it is. Anything uh, you want to plug or promote? Tell people to check out your work. No, you stay. Uh, you know, find my stories on usata.com. Uh, always on the uh, baseball front there, as far as the uh, latest uh, latest features, stories, notebooks, that that sort of thing. Well, thank you for your time today, Bob. Make sure you get some naps and some rest in, because I imagine you'll be working quite a bit over the next week. <laughs> it sounds good. I will, Jack. All right, y'all. That concludes my conversation today with Bob Nightingale. Uh, should be a very fun trade deadline. Hopefully, we'll get a lot of big moves and big stories and be really interesting to see how these teams are set up. Uh, going into the final two months of the season. I mean, I can't believe we're already almost in August. It's been a fast year, uh, really fast year, if you ask me. But hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. We aren't going to have a baseball episode out for a, at least a week, maybe a couple weeks. I'm going on vacation next week to Eagle River, Wisconsin. I'm going to be out of town. I have pre-recorded a couple of episodes that I will drop in the next 
week or two, especially while I'm gone. Uh, so the next couple episodes, we're going to speak with sports reporter Haley Jordan. Haley just won the Miss Indiana USA crown. It was a fun conversation about her time in the pageant world, some sports, some faith. And then we also have coming out probably the following week, so two weeks from now, maybe a little less than that, uh, we will have Amanda Clark Stoner from Peacock's hit reality show, The Traders, uh, talk about her time on that show, talk a little bit about faith and life. She's got an amazing story, uh, an incredible life story. She's overcome a lot in her life, uh, really has lived a, a rough, rough life from a young age, but has an inspirational story of how she found Jesus and how that has changed her life, how her faith has changed her life and how she's gotten out of some really bad situations that she had been in due to the difficulties and adversity that she had to face. If you guys like the Jack Vita show, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Uh, you're not going to want to miss out. We've got more coming up. Like I said, you can follow me on social media at Jack Vita Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll be back probably in a couple weeks or so. Uh, we'll talk some more baseball. We'll give you some more baseball analysis, and uh, we'll see what happens at the deadline. Until then, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs>